Hey there, and thank you for joining us today. This is the 2021 season preview of CF Montreal. Montreal is a city I always love because I've been there about two, I think two times. I've spent about maybe two weeks total. Um, absolutely beautiful. Love the city. Let's talk a little bit about their soccer. For today, we brought in guest Gavino from IMFC Radio. Gavino, how are you doing today? And tell us a little bit about yourself. Bonjour, mon ami Bob. How are you this morning? I'm very pleased to uh, to be the guest for the show today. Uh, just want to tell to everybody, it's my first interview in English in my life. So if I'm a little bit struggling sometimes, you got to know that the IMFC radio, it's in French. So I'm not used to uh, to talking English all the time, but I'm going to try my best, my friend Bob, today. And in my experience in Canada, most people who say they don't speak English very well speak English better than most Americans. So I'm sure you'll you'll do a great job. And again, thank you for taking the time out today to talk to us a little bit about CF Montreal. Now, when we talk about their history and club culture, wasn't always CF Montreal. The name change came with a rebrand this year. Talk a little bit about the history of Montreal soccer for me. I don't know if you wanted to make a three-hour show on the rebranding, but we don't have time for that because it's a very hot topic right now since the rebranding changed yes. in January. I don't know if you look at social media, but people are still angry about the rebranding three months after what happened. Every time, uh, you know, it's like uh, hot and cold. It's uh, people are, are either for the rebranding or against rebranding. And, you know, Bob, I just want to tell the truth. It's been a disaster since three months here in Montreal. Every time there's a post on social media about CF Montreal or Impact, People are making fun of the new logo, the new sweater, uh, the snowflake stuff and everything because people were attached to the impact, the Montreal impact, one of the, the best and uh, the nicest logos in uh, MLS history. Uh, the, the club has been around for the last 30 years. So there was like a lot of love attached to the shield of the Montreal impact and stuff. So the last three months, uh, it wasn't a uh, very easy year in the city of Montreal. I actually personally really like the rebrand, but I have no eggs in that basket, as we would say. I, it doesn't really matter much to me, um, although I do like it. So <laughs> we will see what that brings this season. I know how frustrating it can be when you're trying to talk about, hey, here's a new player. Change the logo back, you know? Yeah, that's the, the stuff that uh, it's coming out. A lot of people wrote me in private telling me that, you know what? They hate the rebranding. They hate the logo. Uh, you know, they, they quit uh, following the team on newspaper, on the internet and everything. Even people, they they went, uh, they, they called the club and said, you know what? Forget about uh, the, ticket, the season tickets. I'm done with the club. So right now, it's the situation here in Montreal. The diehard fans are fed up of all this mess uh, uh, regarding the rebranding. But you know what? Yeah. We still have the club. There's still a team on the field, and we still have a team in the MLS. So that's the good part of it. Absolutely. And you'll still see people in at Red Bulls games with Metro Stars jersey, so I'm sure nothing is going to change there. Um, and I did notice that you are from IMFC Radio. That is, in French, I guess, Impact Montreal. Of course. 
and uh, we launched this platform three years ago. IMFC Radio is an independent media who covers from A to Z uh, the Impact or the CF Montreal. Uh, either it's uh, it's 365 days a year, Monday to Sunday, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. I'm telling you, um, you know what? We have pre-games, post-game, midweek shows, press releases, press conference in practically in real time. All our shows like your like yours are live because we want to have like uh, all the the comments from our subscribers and also the press conference are practically in real time. So I'm giving you an example. If Amar Sadich talks about around uh, 130 until 145 at 150 max, the thing all the press conference is uh on the imfc radio platform and is available for our subscribers on patreon so everything you need everything you want to know about your club is on our patreon imfc radio uh we had around 700 subscribers since the last three years so it's been a major part of uh media here in montreal awesome that's a great story now let's move on and talk a little bit about the 2020 montreal impact they were 8-13-2 in 2020, 33 goals scored, 43 goals against. That 43 against is the third most in Major League Soccer. We did have a few uh, bright stories. Romel Quioto, 8 goals, 5 assists. Maximiliano Iruti with 5 goals. Safir yeah. Tider, 4 goals, 5 assists. Bojan, 4 goals, 2 assists. And Lassie Lapalainen, 4 goals. If we had to bring up just one storyline that sums up the 2020 season, what would that be for you? Well, apart from the players, it's been a rough season because, as you know, Montreal had to play in United States for practically all season because of yeah. the pandemic, because of uh, the Canada and the United States relationship. So it's been a rough year. I don't want to say it was a, a success story for Montreal last year, but with all said and done, they made the playoffs. They played one game against the Revs. Well, they came up short in that game, losing 2-1. to one. But I'm saying at least the goal was reached to uh, make the playoffs. Romel Kyoto, without a doubt, one of the best trade in the MLS in 2020. This guy was acquired from uh, the, the Houston Dynamo against Victor Cabrera, who barely played with uh, Dynamo. And uh, Kyoto was the MVP last year in 2020. So uh, he made all the difference in the world. I uh, brought his A game every game, and uh, you know he, we we had him for you know because uh, Kyoto had some issues with uh, with the Dynamo, and so we made that trade. We were looking good with that trade, so he made a lot of difference on the field and off the field. Yeah. The, the two other players, you're saying Maxi Ruri left because he was making a lot of money, so we went he went back to Houston against uh, Kiki Struna we made a trade a couple of months ago yeah. the other players Safir Tardier great player great dp but he left for Saudi Arabia around uh, midsummer and then Boyan yeah. hot and cold uh, not a dp a lot of uh, talent and everything but didn't he, uh, he was talked opposite. about as being when he was a kid when he was 16 or 17 he was talking about being the next Lionel Messi and that never came to, and he he looked so brilliant on the field at certain points. I we were able to get press passes, so we were at Red Bull Arena for the Red Bull versus Montreal game. And when he had the ball, he had that absolute just magic, and then it it, it went away. <laughs> then it went just, away. 
that's the story of his career, Boyan. You know, it's like suddenly is the best player in the world, and sudden and the day after you don't recognize him. So what's going on with him? Inconsistency, I think, is the the main word for Boyan. But great player, great addition. But uh, he left uh, for another country, and uh, the option uh, the, the Montreal didn't took his option for uh, this winter, so he left. I mean, uh, two great players left: Boyan, Tider, and also Nacho Piatti. Uh, we didn't replace him since uh, since last year. So three great players. And we're having a very young squad this season for 2021. But with all said and done, like I said, they made the playoffs uh, by playing most of their, their team, their, their games outside Canada, uh, far away from their families, far away from their friends, far away from their house and everything. So with all said and done, I think it was a success story in 2020. So you got a new head coach now, uh, Wilfred Nancy, yeah. to replace um Terry Henry who was coached there during the last season and if someone hadn't seen Montreal before and they're going to tune in this year what are they going to see on the field what about coach what about tactics do we have anything solid yet I think practically it's going to be the same style of play as 2020 because don't forget that uh, Wilfred Nancy was an assistant last year Well, he's been around with the club for the last five years. Uh, he was an assistant with Mauro Biello, was an assistant with Remy Gard, same thing with Wilmer Cabrera, same thing with Thierry Henry. So he knows the club, he knows the players, he knows the youngsters, he knows what, what weaknesses and what forces are within the club. So I think it was a good signing. Don't talk to me about bringing a guy from Europe or South America, doesn't know the league, doesn't know the country, doesn't know the players, doesn't know what's a TAM, a GAM, a DP, and everything. So I think Montreal made a good choice by uh, by uh, signing uh, Wilfred Nancy for uh, the, the head coach uh, job this year. So I know when I think of this team, I think about, you know, attacking down the side. Lassie Lapalainen with, with great overlap play during most of last season, just all up and down both sides of the wing. What else about the tactics would we expect to see? Is there anything that really makes Montreal unique? I think one of the forces, major forces from the CF Montreal this year will be the wing backs. Uh, you got, you got a, you have a lot of speed while, Uh, Zachary Brogiard on the right side and Mustafa Kiza, an African player on the left side who they went to get uh, last uh, fall. So I think there's going to be a lot of uh, depth and a lot of forces and speed in the corners. But I think the major problem of this club will be a number 10. Who's going to be that guy, that Zilla Rayan type of player, that uh, Carlos Vela, that um, that uh, Reynoso, they don't have uh, that kind of player. I know that they, they have a lot of speed on the wings. Like you said, a guy like Lapalainen, a guy like Kyoto. Don't forget that they went to acquire a real number nine, Bjorn Johnson. Johnson was uh, part of Norwegian um, team squad since a couple of weeks ago. So I think there's a little bit of more depth up front, but the major problem, who's going to be the guy, the, the creative midfielder who's going to take uh, the ball and, uh, you know, giving to either Kyoto or Johnson. That's the major problem. So let's pull up this depth chart and we'll talk a little bit about what I got right, what I got wrong. We've already talked about a couple of positions, but up top we have Bjorn Johnson, Kyoto. You also have Mason Toye. How do yeah. you see the pecking order? Are these the two right starters that you see, the two correct starters on the graphic? Well, 
it's very interesting. Me, I see more a four-two-three-one with the Bjorn Johnson on top. He's a big target, six foot five. He's got a lot of experience. He scored a lot of goals in the Holland first uh, first uh, league, uh, and then he made uh, very good in Asia League. So I think Bjorn Johnson is there for one reason. Maybe a kind of guy like Kai Kamara was good with his head. Is good. Uh, in the air and everything. Romel Kyoto on the right side. I don't have a problem with that. On the left side might be Lassie Lapaline, but well, uh, Lassie is not 100% right now. So maybe a mix of Balu or Mason Toy or uh, maybe a newcomer, a new youngster on the left side. Georgi Mihailovic, they paid a reasonable price to go get him from the Chicago Fire. Yeah. I, there's a lot of uh, big expectations from Georgie. He's only 22 years old. And don't forget that Georgie, he wants to go uh, to make an impact maybe in Europe later in his career. So he needs and some... He is... He was in talks as being one of the next guys up for the U.S. men's national team job. And he, he definitely flashed two years ago, but has kind of been... Uh, maybe maybe not forgotten about, but his his trajectory is not quite as certain as it may have been even just a few weeks ago. He's still young, but I think there's going to be a battle in uh, in front of him. Maybe a, a Hamar Sedic who played very well under Thierry Henry in the second part of uh, last season. Amar Sedic is 24 years old and uh, his uh, level of confidence is increasing and increasing and increasing. I just talked about uh, about about it, about uh, Amar Sedic yeah. yesterday in the press conference. He told me, yes, he's ready to take the role of number 10, but I think there's going to be a good battle between him and Georgi Mialovic. Don't forget, Joaquin Torres, Argentine player, 24 years old. He came in Montreal a couple of weeks ago. A lot of expectations. We'll see what's going on with him because on transfer mark two years ago, he was listed as a $2 million player. Maybe uh, his value uh, decreased since a couple of years ago. But don't forget Joaquin Torres. I think it's, he's a good dribbler. He's good with the ball. And uh, we'll see uh, if uh, the, the mix will be perfect with all those players together. Absolutely. So you definitely got a crowded midfield with a lot of uh talent there um how do you see the six and the eight position uh who's going to be the more defensive midfielder and in which one is going to be box to box or is the system going to be different well you know victor wanyama the only designated player here in montreal did a terrific job last year uh well big body uh big presence veteran player played in the premier league and everything but i don't i think last year he wasn't a hundred percent because because he came here uh, during the pandemic, wasn't easy for him. So I just me, I think it, I'm not saying it, it's a, it's a question mark this year, uh, Victor Wanyama. But I'm saying this guy has to step up his game from last year. Sammy Piet, great player, great hometown boy. He played with Canada. Um, he's the poster boy of the franchise. He's not a designated player. He's a number six. Last year he was playing as a more a box-to-box -box role under Thierry Henry, but that question is uh, remaining to, to be debated because I think Sami Piet is more considered as a defensive midfielder than a box-to-box, -box. so we'll see what's going on, what's uh, going to happen with maybe, probably, the next captain of the Montreal, the CF Montreal or the Montreal Impact, Sami Piet, a hometown boy who uh, makes us uh, very proud here in Montreal. Absolutely. Now, let's finish up with talking about the defense now i 
use this graphic kind of a, a couple different ways. It could be, you know, kind of a three, five, two, or a, um, a five, two, one, two. I, I, you know, I used a little help from the, the depth charts online and maybe from Matt Doyle with his predictions on MLS.com. So what I have is a defense who gave up a lot of goals last year, 43 goals. Maybe we'll mix it up with three center backs and those two wing backs in the mix. Um, we do have Rudy Camacho, Binks, Kiki Struna, and Miller. Struna, obviously the new guy in board. Let's talk a little bit about this defense and, and what they need to do to improve on their 2020 numbers. They conceded 43 goals last year, but a lot of them was due to mental mental fatigue and everything because a lot of those goals would have been avoided if the pandemic and if, 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 if. But uh, as you said, the defense looking maybe a little bit sharper this year. Rudy Camacho on the right side. They went to to get back Kiki Struna. The only problem with those guys that they are making a lot of money. I think Kiki Struna is about a million dollar. Rudy Camacho, 800,000. It's too much if you ask me. It's my opinion. Louis Banks, pretty pretty good the player only 21 years old he's going he's going i think he's loaned here in montreal he wants to go back to europe i think he he uh, supposed to go to bologna next season kamal miller new addition from austin great canadian kid uh, great body uh, great physique very athletic in the air and everything i think uh, most of the part of the defense has improved this year i'm not sure if or they're gonna be able to uh concede less goals uh you got joel waterman as a depth chart uh, yeah. defensive and also like uh well i'm forgetting uh, somebody else but i think overall they will use two or three uh center uh, cent uh, central defensemen i don't think it, they they improved a lot But it's going to depend of what tactics that uh, Wilfred Nassi is going to use. If it's going to be all uh, offensive, because don't don't forget, Bob, there's not a lot of expectations on CF Montreal uh, this year. I know that I saw all of those uh, predictions from the, the the MLS extra time and everything. Yeah. Everybody's placing CF Montreal at the bottom of the list, last in the league, last in the East. But you know what? Sometimes feel good stories. A lot of players, they are like 22, 23 years old. They're going to be hungry for minutes. We never know. I'm not saying that it's going to be like the Leicester story of the 2016 because there's mm -hmm. no Jimmy Hardy and uh, Marez and everything. But I'm telling you, this group is hungry and might be the feel-good story about the MLS in 2021. When you're at the bottom, you can't disappoint anyone, and that's a, a good place to be. Now, um, we I guess we'll finish up with our positional uh, breakdown because we have goalie left. I got Clement Diop. Tell us a little bit about what he means to your team. Well, Clement Diop last year, he saved a lot of goals. I mean, he's just been amazing. Romel Kyoto was the MVP of the, the club. But if you look at the stats, Clement Diop was very busy uh, for the, the CF Montreal or the impact of Montreal. This, this guy made a lot of key saves. He saved a lot of goals, but don't forget that there's two guys behind him who are very hungry. James Pantemis, a hometown, hometown guy, uh, lives here in Montreal, born and raised here in Montreal. He played for U23 Canada uh, last a couple of weeks ago. He made terrific saves against Haiti, Honduras. Unfortunately, they lost against uh, Mexico, but I think James Pantemis 
uh, we'll have a couple of maybe 10 starts out of 34. I'm not, I don't think that Clément Diop is going to start all those games because you need a second guy. You need to prepare uh, some some players for the future. And don't forget that Clément Diop this year, it's his last year of contract. So if you want to prepare the future, you, you got to give some starts to your second goalie. And I'm pretty sure next year, if we're still talking about CF Montreal, James Pantemis will both will be the go-to guy for the 2022 season. Great prediction. Diop uh, had 73 saves over the course of last season, um, and that is a 67.9% save percentage. So he did have a, a, a the best season of his career so far. Um, and, and let's it was his first career as it was his first season as a starting goalie because starting. he was always behind Evan Bush, who now is playing with uh, the Columbus Crew now. Okay, let's uh let's talk a little bit about some stars, players to watch. If you had to pick anyone on this roster and, and circle them, put a little star. This is the guy you need to watch out for. Who's that going to be in twenty twenty? Well, I think, well, I think it's going to be Bjorn Johnson. Uh, you acquired him. He's got a nice resume on his career. This guy has one goal on his mind is to score goals. I think he's a pure nine. He's brought him brought here in Montreal to score some goals. I think. Below 15 goals, it will be a disappointing uh, story of the disappointing stats for Bjorn Johnson. A lot of centers uh, last year uh, from uh, Zachary Brogiard in the box. Unfortunately, we had only like players like Okwankwo or Uruti or I don't know, another player, and uh, they didn't make the job. But at 6'5", I'm expecting at least 15 goals from Bjorn Johnson. And like I said before, there's a couple of uh, maybe feel-good stories Young players, African players that we don't know a lot about, like Sunuzi Ibrahim, a Nigerian player. Uh, he's here. I saw him at practice. He's very hungry. He's like a, a little pit bull on the pitch. Don't forget Sunuzi Ibrahim. And like I said, Joaquin Torres, he has all the skills in the world. And uh, it's a, only a matter if it's going to connect between those players. Georgi Mihailovic, a lot to prove. A lot of expectations, a lot of talent. Is he going to be the go-to guy, the number 10, every day, day in, week in, week out for the Montreal Impact or the CF Montreal and Amar Sedic? That's the five or six players you're going to look at. And if they have a good season, Montreal has a small, a tiny chance to make the playoffs because it's going to be very tough in the Eastern Conference. you got major clubs like uh, uh, Crew, Toronto, uh, Atlanta, uh, Philly. So there's not a lot of room. Three clubs, th only three spots for 11 teams to make the playoffs. But it's yeah. gonna be tough. I'm not expecting them to have uh, for to 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 finish 14. But I'm expecting maybe a tough 50, a tough first 15 games of the season. It's gonna be very tough because there will not be a lot of chemistry. But maybe the last 20 games of the season, you're gonna see maybe a lot, maybe a, a mix of chemistry and uh, more success from the Montreal Impact. I love it. Now let's finish up, and I just want to ask you about your geographical rival. Seems like you guys play Toronto about 15 times a season. They are uh, definitely a, a squad ready to go out there and and play some soccer. Uh, just talk about that rivalry, what that means to you. Um, they have the, the Canadian Cup championship every year. And uh, just, just talk about how that all plays out. 
Well, Toronto, it's like the Yankees and the Red Sox. A big rivalry. We hate each other. They have the money. We all we always play the underdog role and everything. Uh, it's been a rival since hockey, since you know the the big uh, competition between the Leafs and the Habs here in Canada. So Toronto speaks English. Montreal speaks French. It's a cultural thing. So you had those things, everything in the mix, and you get a, a lot of um, fireworks to it. Uh, Toronto is a great team year after year after year, and Montreal is always the small market who tries to grab a bite from Toronto. We had a couple of some success against them uh, since a couple of years because th we beat them at the final of the Canadian Championship. Yeah. But if you ask me, um, I would trade Toronto for Montreal tomorrow morning and twice on Sunday <laughs> because they have too many too many good players. They they're not afraid to spend money. They're not afraid to have three DPs. Uh, you know that they're going to make the playoffs year in year, and year out. So, you know, Montreal is always like the little brother who tries to uh, to grab a bite from uh, from his uh, older one. It's very, very kind of you to say those kind of words about Toronto. Absolutely. Exactly, exactly what we would expect it from Canadians. So um, before we go, why don't you plug your channel one more time? Let us know where we can find you. IMFCRadio.com on Patreon, or you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook. We follow 24-7 the activities from the, the CF Montreal. Obviously, it's in French, but you know our subscribers are the best subscribers in the world. So imscradio.com if you want to know everything about your club. And again, we are at IED Sports, IEDsports.com. You can go youtube.com backslash IED Sports. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. So uh, make sure you click that like button, subscribe, and give these guys a view over at uh, IMFC Radio. Gavino, thank you again for joining us. Merci beaucoup. Thank you, Bob, and stay safe. Thank you. You too, guys, and thank you for watching IED Sports.